Now, Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Shara McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. Every week, I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, you can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781 826 8,000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. South Coast all the way to Boston and beyond. Beyond (laughs) the Cape. And beyond. Uh, You are listening to Talk Real Estate with Shara McNamara along with my broker team from Boston Connect Real Estate. I have Melissa Wallace and Mary Baker with me this evening. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. How is everybody doing? Happy Tuesday. Yeah, happy Tuesday. Oops, things are crashing all over the place. Uh, so tonight, I, we have a great topic tonight. We haven't actually had this topic before, so I'm sort of excited about have. it. Yeah, I am excited about it. Uh, so uh, just so everybody knows, we are on until 7.30 again this evening. You can also find us on uh, Talk, uh, not on Talk Real Estate, um, well, that's what the name of the show is here. Uh, <laughs> on Boston Connect Real Estate. Yeah, on Boston Connect Real Estate on Facebook. And Melissa is currently trying to get everybody up and running uh, on all the different Connect pages. So you can go to Pembroke Connect, Marshfield Connect, Dorchester Connect, all those. And you can see us live and you can see our new studio that we have here at Boston Connect. Um, so, <clears throat> uh-oh. So... All of our South Shore neighbors, you are listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McMara, Mary Baker, and Melissa Wallace. We just had a little accident there. I'm not going to lie, my dog Gracie got in the way. Um, so tonight's topic, we are going to be discussing um, expectations of buyers and sellers uh, when you have a home inspection. So um, as I was saying before, is we um, have never had the show before. We have not. I yeah. was pleasantly <laughs> surprised when you said that that's what we were going to be talking about. You were? Yeah. <laughs> this disaster? What? I can hear you. <laughs> you just called us a disaster. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. That uh, we were going to be talking about the disaster that is our life. The <laughs> disaster that is our life. I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, well, sometimes things happen and our dog ran into the studio unexpectedly. So that's what happened there. Um, so Mary, you, uh, work as a buyer's agent on our team and you work and you do a lot of the home inspections. I've done plenty in my lifetime. Um, so what are your thoughts about tonight's topic? I absolutely love it. Um, I think a lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions about what a home inspections purpose is, not just from a, 
hey, we're getting to learn about the house, but a negotiation standpoint. So there's a lot of different nuances of a lot of different things that can go on with home inspections. So I'm excited to talk about how we handle them as a team and what our advice to our clients are. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think it's important to have realistic expectations going into an inspection, both mm-hmm. as a seller and as a buyer, so that nobody is disappointed or frustrated. Mm-hmm. It's an emotional process. I think the process is very emotional too, especially right now when we're in a situation where we have very limited inventory and people are out there, they're just like so excited to finally get their offer accepted. Then they go ahead and have the inspection and inspections generally cost about 375 to like up to 800 and yeah, more. Yeah, about 800, <laughs> yep. Depending on so, if you're doing everything, right? Yeah. So, and we're going to talk about some of those things that we feel that you should be thinking about doing and things that maybe you don't have to. Um, but one of, just so everybody knows tonight's um, lineup, what we have is just telling you a little bit about what we're going to be discussing tonight. And then we're going to have Lisa DeMilo on, and then we will break at seven o'clock and then we're back for an additional half hour. Tonight's lucky night. (laughs) I know. I feel like we need some music or something. Talk real estate continues on WATD. Now, let's connect with this week's Boston Connect Real Estate's Weekly Agent Spotlight. Spotlight. And we're back. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we don't have an agent spotlight actually this week. Uh, last week, we did our entire show on oh, one and a half hours or whatever we're on for the now. The whole show was a spotlight. Yeah, it was a whole spotlight on the Flynn team, Trish and Nick Flynn. They did a great job. Last week, they we discussed um, how to uh, get prepare, your house, yeah, yeah prepare your, your home. House to sell. Yeah, preparing your house to put it on the market. So if you missed that episode uh, and you want to learn a little bit more about Trish and Nick Flynn, you can easily go over to our podcast, which is talkrealestateroundtable.com. You'll get all of the shows there. You can just go to Boston Connect and you can find it there. Uh, But our uh, podcast on the podcast app is Talk Real Estate uh, with Roundtable with Sharon McNamara, Mary Baker, and Melissa Wallace. So if you have any questions, we don't have Ben in studio tonight. That was a surprise for me, but we have a great fill-in tonight. We have Tim Dunn in. Hey, Tim, how are you? And I'm doing all right, guys. Just getting my bearings <laughs> down here for a second, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing right okay. Now. Yeah, and you yeah, guys are not—you guys are not a disaster. I was not talking about you guys for a second. Please don't think that. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's all right. You just have to realize that these mics are always hot, so no, we can I, hear you it, all the time. I, I was—I was talking about the you know being off the air. It's the worst thing you can do. So uh, that was not you. I it was know. Me. All right. And you know what? Um, yeah. So we're glad to have you tonight. So if anybody has any questions for us, if you have any questions regarding real estate and it doesn't have to be about our topic tonight, which we're going to be talking about home inspections and keeping realistic expectations, uh, what to expect when you're a buyer and what to expect when you're a seller. And if you have any questions, you can call into the studio 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Tim is there. Or you can go to um, Facebook and you can find us on Facebook at Boston Connect Real Estate mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, waving to Mary's waving to everybody and we will be able to answer your questions there as well so ladies you ready yes I've never been more <laughs> ready for anything in my whole entire right, life perfect do you know what so, I love about Facebook live can what? I just interrupt you real quick no, you it's like accountability me. so yeah. if people are trying to get in touch with us during this time and be like hey guess what you can just watch us and know exactly where we were during that time. Yeah. I don't know why. I just thought about that. Mm. Well, that's interesting, Mary. Yeah, there's always people <laughs> looking for me. I don't, yeah, I don't I know. You have know people hunting you down. So. Mostly Sam. Yes. Um, okay. So 
what do you want to discuss first? So I have some a lot of different things that we can talk about. Um, one is, why don't we talk about right from the beginning? So um, who wants to answer this question? What is a home inspection? Who does the home inspection? Who pays for the home inspection? And why do you need a home inspection? Mary can take it over. She's the one who goes to them. <laughs> um, so first part, what is a home inspection? Um, home inspections are just... You can do your general inspection. It's basically hiring a licensed professional um, who, ha- I mean, technically a home inspector can be anybody, um, or you can have an inspection done by anybody, but you should have it by a licensed home inspector. That's what we always recommend, yes. Yeah. Um, but a home inspection is just going through the house with a fine tooth comb, looking through all of the systems, looking through the structure of the house, the windows, does every window open? the age of the systems, you know, mm-hmm. what can you expect, how long can you expect them to last? How um, is the roof losing heat? How's, not that inspectors can see what the insulation is all the time, but there's in um, indications that they can come up with mm-hmm. during the inspection that can lead them down a path to say, you know, you're losing heat from this area or this window is drafty, this door is drafty. Mm-hmm. These are the things that you can do. Um, the buyer pays for that home inspection because mm-hmm. it they are technically hiring somebody to inspect the house on behalf of them. And it's for their knowledge and it's for their comfort to feel good about purchasing the house. Mm -hmm. And then what was the fourth part of that question? (laughs) What was the fourth part of your question? I have short-term memory loss. You think I remember? Uh, Let's see. Who pays for it? Who pays for it? We said that. that. Um, Do you you recommend it? Of course I recommend it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I I always um, give myself a hard time because I didn't have one on my own house. But then again, I feel as if mm-hmm. I lived in it. I had a different situation. So I lived in it before I bought it. Mm-hmm. I knew what I was getting myself into. But anybody who doesn't know the house, 110%, you should be having a home inspection. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And when I bought this building um, where we are, I opted not to really have like a home inspection like with Steve Cook. I had just all of the different, you know, I know so many people in the industry. So we obviously had Mark, we had an electrician, we had, uh, Mark was the plumber, we had an electrician. I had uh, Joe Stack come who's, you know, he does structural stuff too, you know, mm-hmm. and he's a build, uh, building inspector for the town of Pembroke and Hanover. So I'm lucky enough to have those type of people in my life that I brought all of them through and we basically knew what we were getting into. Mm-hmm. Uh, there really haven't been any surprises you know everything that we came across we were pretty much on key with so um melissa do you have anything to add to any of those i do not not to that part nope okay (laughs) do you have any questions maybe no questions about home inspection no i did the agenda okay what's next on the agenda then well we were supposed well you had said that we were talking about after the home inspection so yeah. expe- expectations so we sort of broke it down for immediately after so what is it that you risk you know you'll what is it that you get after the home inspection so you get a report mm-hmm. that you're going to be looking through um we as listing agents don't like to see the home inspection report mm. um if we it from the buyers. Sharon, do you want to explain why you don't like to see those reports? Sure. So in the state of Massachusetts, um, as a licensed real estate agent, we are obligated by the law, by the state, uh, that we have to disclose anything that an expert 
tells us or informs us of. So in the state of Massachusetts, since uh, home inspectors are licensed through the state, they are considered an expert. So if you have a home inspector that's going through the home and where there is a listing agent, anything and everything that this inspector may or may not say could potentially then be an issue of disclosure. Mm -hmm. And not that I don't want to disclose things that happen, but there are some inspectors out there that they're not as thorough as others. Let's put it that way. I'm not going to say anyone does a bad job, but in some instances, somebody may say something about the heating system. So then perhaps I would have to disclose that and it may not be accurate, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and there's another reason for me is that I particularly feel this is the time for the buyer to have their time in the house with their agent and their inspector and learn more about the house. Where are the shutoffs? Where are all those things? And I just feel like having the listing agent there hovering over you, there's nothing worse. Do you agree? I 100% agree. Yeah. I think there's a lot of conversations that happen during a home inspection, not necessarily even um, talking about the house itself, but plans on moving in, what we're going to do with this. We're going to, you know, maybe we plan on gutting the kitchen Mm -hmm. and, they want to be able to talk about those things because they're excited about the house. Yeah. By having somebody who feel or having somebody who they don't entrust or don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable with, a lot of the times they can feel stifled and then they they're inevitably they're going to want to get back into the house at some other point in time mm-hmm. so that they can go through the house again. Yeah. And really have those conversations with either their spouse, their significant other, mm-hmm. whoever it is and or their agent. And I do think it's just, it is a time, like you said, to have those conversations openly. And there's nothing, I think what ends up happening is when you, as the buyer wants to have these conversations and the listing agent is hovering, it just becomes extremely sort of awkward and then a little bit combative. And then it's like, oh, hmm, did you know that there were termites? I never lived here. Of course I didn't know that there were termites. <laughs> like if I knew that there were termites, I would have told you. It's, I would have told your agent, you know. It's also, can, I'm just going to throw in, so we're talking about the agent being at the home inspection. The seller should not be at the home inspection no, either. No, never. And we just came across that. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had a home inspection the other day and the seller was home. And it, regardless, no matter what happens, um, even if you're sitting in your, like as a seller, you're sitting in your own room, you're minding your own business, you're going to overhear conversations happening and mm. feel like it's necessary for you to give your two cents Ugh. when in this is probably a little bit more psychology than anything in my in my opinion you feel as if something is being said about your house yeah so then I have to I have to counteract that mm-hmm. and now we weren't really even asking a question yeah and it seems combative or defensive mm-hmm. um, so as for us as seller's agents we never ever ever even remotely allow the seller to be in the house Mm -mm. when a home inspection is going on it's just a recipe for disaster and it's just not a good because people will ask questions you know what I mean and then if the seller's there then I'm never going to leave my seller alone obviously Mm -hmm. with the buyer and the buyer's agent and the inspector so then you get into these little sort of off the side sort of conversations the other thing is I (laughs) It's not that I don't recommend, but if you, you you know your parents better than anybody, right? So if you're yeah. purchasing a home and you know that there's nothing worse, in my opinion, than being at a home inspection and the dad is over on the other side of the basement and he's saying to the home inspector, hey, 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 did you notice this? And, you know, I love Steve. Steve's like, 
not yet because I'm starting here and I'll work my way there. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's, it just gets in everybody's way. It's Mm -hmm. not like anybody's trying to hide anything. The home inspector is there to do their job and we just want them to do a thorough job. And you can certainly ask them questions while you're there. I know like me personally, I ask Steve and Dave and everybody more questions than I think anybody. Mm -hmm. And that's just out of curiosity. Hey, is this Mm -hmm. normal? Is this right? And they're more than happy to answer those questions at their own pace when it's mm. appropriate in, in that time. Yeah. Awesome. You know? Well, I see that we have some new viewers. I see my auntie, Auntie Catherine is watching. Hi, Auntie Catherine. And Holly uh, Nor- Horton. I almost said Norton. Oh, Holly. Holly's watching. Hey, Holly. Hey, Holly. Hi, Holly. Um, and Mark Styles. Hi, Mark Styles. How are you? All right. So we have a lot of, if anybody has any questions, just let us know. You can call the studio because Tim is in the studio today, 781-837-4900. Or you can uh, reach out to us right here on Facebook and we are happy to answer any area of questions. Uh, today's topic is uh, setting the right expectations when and during and after home inspection. So, um, Melissa has it all outlined too. So I just figured the first part of our show, we would talk about what is an inspection and all those good things Mm -hmm. as we get into the, the meat of some of our other topics. So, so we, we covered what is an inspection Mm -hmm. since we're just in my head and you guys put this agenda together and talked about the topic or whatever. Um, but I was thinking, we didn't talk at all. She did it all herself. (laughs) I did this at home. (laughs) Um, Setting appropriate expectations during the inspection, because Mm. I know from, I've gone to inspections where I've literally walked in and we're like, okay, inspection is done. Like time to leave. (laughs) House is going to fall down. (laughs) That was a Steve one. We're like, okay. Me and the buyer sat outside. We were like, you don't really have to finish if you don't want to. Like they're Uh. all set. (laughs) It was, it was a foreclosure house. I mean, and, um, the house itself just was in complete and total disrepair and Mm -hmm. they were hoping it was salvageable and it wasn't. Um, Mm -hmm. But then we've also gone into houses where you didn't expect that there was going to be some major um, revelation uh, that, that was revealed and something structural came up or something with the roof came up um, and the buyers tend to get very unsettled by it. Mm -hmm. How, like for you, how do you talk them off the ledge to say, okay, let's take a deep breath. This is what we're here for. This is, you know, this is why we're here. We're here to inspect the house and make sure that ev- that everything is okay and you're able to take these things on. Yeah. So generally, I mean, when I did more of that, I, I definitely don't as much anymore. Um, I just want your wise words so I can, so I can use them <laughs> yeah, at my next home inspection. So usually when I'm with my buyers, I will say, you know, don't, while you're here, you know, like we're just going to, he's going to tell you everything that's going on with the house. So in our head, we have to sort of, and I always let them know, he'll give you a full report afterwards and he'll let you know exactly like what he feels has to be done now, what has to be done, um, afterwards, um, you know, so in five years or whatever. So that's what I'll say to my clients is let's just make a list after the home inspection is over. And what are the things that are the most important to you right now? Mm -hmm. Like that you feel as if you would have to get done before you moved in. Mm -hmm. What are the things that you feel that you could probably wait and do within the first year of living in the house? What are the things that you feel as if you could do in the first five years? And what are the things that you feel as if could, you know, just be a whatever. Um, so, um, that's what I usually say. Um, I don't yeah. know. Can everybody else hear us? There's no sound on Facebook. Oh. 
Um, so that's what you, you typically end up saying. I find myself um, during the inspections sometimes saying, you know, don't get too, like, don't get too nervous. This is actually mm-hmm. quite common. Yes. And it, and it comes up in an inspection often enough that we, we know how to handle, well, it's, it's common to handle it. Mm-hmm. So like one of the more, more recently, um, co- water was getting into the electrical panel and causing some corrosion. Yep. I would say one out of five home inspections mm-hmm. has the same exact thing. And the sellers, like you said to me, are the last to know. Yeah. Like most often, mm. it's not something that you walk around the exterior of your house watching for how the um, yeah the how the caulking around yeah the main that comes into the house yeah. the electrical main. See, yeah. we're not home inspectors because I don't know the exact term of that, but it's the where the main electric comes into the house. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it a lot of times, house. yeah. So it sometimes in the caulking actually over years, sometimes it just dries out and it rots. You know what I mean? It just flakes off. So water does get in there a lot that way. So um, that is a common thing that we see all the time. So I also say nothing to be concerned about. But if there was some damage already done to the electrical panel, mm-hmm. so they they the inspector will take the whole panel off and he will check to make sure you know because sometimes those get corroded pretty badly and they have to be fixed so sometimes the whole entire panel might need to be replaced yeah um sorry i'm choking on nothing no no choking on your tongue on my tongue don't swallow your tongue i haven't talked all day i've been like behind my computer all day i think i did (laughs) (laughs) so but one of the things is I think it's really important to of um i just lost my train of thought when we're thinking about you know, those types of items that are definitely must do's, you know what I mean? So you have to have those done. But one is how is the water getting in? First they would see, okay, here's the damage. There's damage, there's water getting into the electrical box. So we know where the issue is. The second thing is, is how did it get in? And then the third thing is making sure that it's repaired. So once the electrical panel is fixed, that that issue isn't causing it again. So like we see with you know, up in mold, up in the attics, right? So why don't you explain that aspect of it? So, I mean, that's one of the common issues, the electrical panel. And then we are commonly seeing mold in in, um, Massachusetts. We just have our our ventilation. I think it's getting better, um, but Mm -hmm. often enough, especially I would say maybe in houses that were built in the 80s, 90s, I'm not generalizing, but I see it in older homes more so than anything. The... um, the bathroom vents aren't being fully vented up and out through the roof. They're actually just being vented into the attic. And when you have cold air and hot air from the fan mm-hmm. that's recirculating the exhaust fan, that's um, circulating hot air up into the attic, into the maybe cold roof, you're producing humidity and moisture. And that's just a recipe for mold period, mm-hmm. and, like end of story. So not only when something like that happens, I'm actually thankful as a buyer's agent. Cause I'm like, Woo, super easy fix. We know yeah. how to do this. Um, so we're going to have the remote mold remediated by a professional um, mold company. And then we're also going to um, have somebody come out and fix the ventilation. So the ventilation goes up through the roof. Mm-hmm. And that's very common. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yes, <laughs> we're sort of all over the place today. Um so, okay, yes. So that is 
one of the expectations when we're talking to our buyers is to for them to just realize you know these things are going to come up so if you hear that there's mold in the attic that let's not get too overly concerned about it right now because because we can, figure, we it can out. figure it out and it's just a matter of then negotiating with the buyer after the fact so the situation with the buyers is or the home inspection is that it um you have to um how to negotiate afterwards so we can negotiate different situations but we'll talk about the negotiation part of it after the fact so we're going to just continue on with what we're talking about here and different things that do come up in uh, home inspection but um some of the things that I sort of highlighted right from the beginning, and um, unfortunately we're not on Facebook Live anymore, so sorry if you were watching. We, you know, we had a little faux pas there. Um, number one is in multiple offer situations, buyers sometimes um, offer a higher offer. I want to discuss this. Okay. So sometimes they'll offer a higher amount because there's multiple offer situations. What are your thoughts on that, either one of you? Because, Melissa, you you do a lot of this when we're putting multiple offers together and you put that nice spreadsheet together for us. And do you remember the time we had one of our agents put an offer in that was like $50,000 mm -hmm. over? We have mm -hmm. a couple concerns when that happens, but do you, what do you think their thoughts are? Um, well, not one of our, our agents, an agent. <laughs> don't want to give us a bad rep but um but she did it was one of our agents at one point oh then i have no client. idea what you're talking about okay it was a different house maybe <laughs> um so sometimes we see you know people will put in a higher um higher offer and waive their home inspection is that what you're talking about i'm yeah. sorry i'm very distracted with this thing <laughs> i know all right so sometimes would you want to talk about it yeah so i think um the more of the nuance with putting in an over asking offer or an excessively over asking offer and not waiving your home inspection but having your home inspection in there it's almost like a foot in the door they're mm. trying to get their offer accepted but any house that's not probably new construction mm -hmm. you could go in and make up anything thousands of dollars worth of repairs mm -hmm. that you feel need to be done not that necessarily need to be done mm -hmm. um and that's just it's it's kind of like a it's a bait and switch a little bit yes absolutely right mm -hmm. is that the terminology for it yeah absolutely kind of. so people again what they'll do is they'll just put in a high offer and then they'll just say oh i'll just negotiate it afterward let me just get my offer accepted then after home inspection i'll negotiate and get a bunch of things off the other thing is is what melissa did bring up though is sometimes people will waive home inspection um, what are your thoughts on that well so i i think i have ptsd from this yeah i know because well, i wrote down here is one of the things that you deal with all the time and not letting them in yeah. before the pns so why don't you discuss that with yeah, everybody i think i have ptsd from this because at the end of the day i don't understand I don't understand the mentality that um, some buyers are being advised to put in these over asking offers, get it accepted, waive their home inspection, and then once you've once your offer is accepted and you've waived your home inspection, you have absolutely positively no right to get back into that house or no obligation to get back into that house until you sign purchase and sales agreement. Once you sign purchase and sale, there's going to be a clause that goes into the purchase and sale, typically. I mean, we see this with most of uh, the attorneys, like, um, styles that we work with. 
they put in you know the buyer has reasonable access to the house three additional times but otherwise if you want to get in there to if you think that your offer is going to get accepted i'm going to waive my home inspection just to get it accepted and then once it's accepted you're going to bring a contractor in and then you can pull back out that's not the case and it's probably one of our biggest pet peeves don't you think mel yeah i i mean we had this happen to us last year yeah it's it's not you just it's it's no reason to get your deposit back it's a violation of your contract if you tell if you tell the buy the sellers that you want to go there to measure you better just be going to measure because you can't use anything between um anything between offer accepted offer and purchase and sale as a reason to to get out of the contract it's very sneaky and we do see it um, a lot especially in multiple offer situations and i'm I really hope that we stop seeing it because I truly believe that the expectation is being set by agents and not necessarily the buyers themselves, um, that that is something that, you know, can happen when, you know, this is the fifth house that you've gotten outbid on and, you know, you traditionally haven't waived your home inspection, but, you know, this one, you're just going to really try it. You're going to go over asking, I'm going to waive it. But then, you know, if I really, really have to, I have to get out of it, get out of the deal. I'll just go in to, to measure or, you know, to have somebody look at something and then I'll pull out of the deal. That's not how it works. That is absolutely not how it works. Um, and we have been able to hold people to contracts in that sense. Um, so home inspections, I mean, they mean, a, they mean a lot. It's the one time for the buyer to be able to do an excessive amount of due diligence about their property prior to signing the purchase and sales agreement that concludes an additional deposit, whatever that is. Um, it doesn't have to be, but it's usually sizable, right? Mm-hmm. So how often do you see people waiving their home inspection? More and more, honestly. Um, and I mean, we've seen it with buyers of ours recently. He, they happen to be incredibly knowledgeable and feel very, very confident with their set of skills. And some people... I mean, like Mark McNamara, he's a jack of all trades. I mean, he he goes into a house and he knows what he's looking at. But a lot of buyers, especially first-time home buyers, like especially before I started doing home inspections, you couldn't ask me, or watching them anyway, you couldn't ask me where any, like what was the septic line going out into the house, where was the water shut off? I wouldn't have known anything. So I, I don't know. It's just it's important. I don't, I don't think people should waive their home inspections. I'm not a proponent of it. And it's not even because I like to go to I them. just find it so interesting that you guys are so like, do not waive your home inspection no matter what. And yet both of you have waived your home inspection. <laughs> no matter how are, much, are how you, much are you you're an expert. you calling the kettle black? Well, yeah. No matter how much, like I, I know I'm, I'm not in the, in the position to purchase anything, but like, even, even if I thought I was an expert, like I would still do it just mm-hmm. because it's a couple hundred dollars. It's, yeah. it's knowing the unknown in a sense. And I just, I mean, even after you purchased your home, there were things that like you just came across yeah. that you probably would have known about had you had an inspection, whether or not you're doing anything about it right now, or it would have swayed your, your you know, decision to purchase it. No, but like I'm the type of person where I need to know everything and like, I just would never do that. So I find <laughs> it very interesting that you guys both have yeah. sort of not 
had home inspections. I think you nailed it on the head for me though. I don't know, knowing it, everything that I know now, I don't think it would have swayed my decision at all. So I still would have gone forward. I just probably would have had a lot less sleepless nights or a lot more sleepless nights. Um, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm just too much of a control freak and like, I need, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I really am. I know we're laughing about that, but, um, you know, I'm too much of a control freak and I just need to know all the answers to everything. And I just, I, I would, I would have, you know, I was if telling- it was socially acceptable, I would have a home inspection on, you know, the food that I purchase, like at Stop and Shop. <laughs> you 100% <laughs> you know. would. Oh my gosh, if anybody ever needs any strawberries, this is your girl. Strawberries, blackberries, blueberries. She I know how to pick fruit. <laughs> Nothing ever has mold or anything. Um, <laughs> no, but you're you're 100% yeah. right. Like, I, I definitely think it's important to, to have one. Um, and I didn't do one myself, but... I'm I'm happily content in okay. in my house where I am now. Um, we'll one, give it some time. <laughs> I'm never moving. Everybody on the show has heard me say a million times, I am never going anywhere. Um, so a couple of the things that you can find out during home inspections, Mel. Like, so you can have your general home inspection, but there's other ones that you can do too during that time frame. So touch upon some of those real quick. And just maybe how we handle situations like that. Um, well, this this can happen before, during, or after. But you can do um, a pest inspection. There's some loans out there where it requires you to have one, like mm-hmm. a VA loan. Um, I don't know any other ones, but I'm sure there's something I mean, out you there. You might want to have one um, just on like a. Well, yeah. If house. you even if you've gone through the house before, like it's pre- like sometimes you know pest damage is very evident so you might even put that into your offer um but it's part of your inspection sort of um contingency that you you have the right to have a pest inspection mm-hmm. um radon um you can test for radon um and that's part of the thing that i wanted to talk about next so i'll skip it for right now but um lead you can do a lead paint inspection. We've talked about that um, with Steve Cook, how they, you know, poke little holes in the windowsills and make All sure that, most. you know, nothing has lead in it. Um, so there's there's a bunch of different things that you can um, test for. I mean, and then there's like, um, there's sometimes that you have to do like water tests and, yeah, and things like, like that. Well water. Well water. I know we had a house um, in the city and they had to test the pipes too for lead. Um, and yeah, iron. Um, was it lead? No one can see it. Um, so was, yeah, was they had to asbestos. Oh no, uh, it was lead. Yeah, no, because the yeah, the pipes right. had lead in them, and you know, when they put them in or whatever, and then if it was tested now, even though it's been tested twelve thousand times, if by chance it came this back, the they had time. to be replaced. Yeah, they would have to be replaced. Um, but I mean, there's there's a bunch of different inspections that you you can have, but I feel like those are the primary mm-hmm. ones when you go and set up a home inspection. Um, I know that they they ask you, you know, what else, you know, these are our other inspections that we can do here. You know, we can do the radon, we can do the pest. Um, so those are some add-ons that you can you can do. Um, 
you know, obviously we highly recommend having a, a radon test. If, especially if there's if a somebody, basement. Yeah, if somebody has a basement, especially if it's finished. Um, if, if you're going to be down there. And, or like the and, kids' playroom's going to be down there. Yeah, and I wouldn't even do it in an unfinished basement. I mean, because, yeah. you know, you could, if that's going to be your forever home, you, most likely you'd want to finish space at some point down there if, you're, if your family is going to be expanding or if you need more, you know, an extra room or something. Um, you want to turn it into, like, a game room or whatever mm-hmm. um, instead of just having it be storage. Um, you know, you, you definitely, I think, should do, um, you know, tests for that. And to sort of piggyback off of the radon so something that to expect after your inspection so you know depending on when they put the 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 machine down in the basement or the canisters whichever they're using you know you need what 48 hours from you know the time that they start it um to they finish to get that reading so they have like 48 hours worth of readings, but, um, you know, they take the average number throughout that 48 hours and then that's how they get the radon. So anything over 4.0 is considered high. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that you need to consider and, and sort of be expecting if it comes back high. Now, what are your options? Yeah. Um, you know, your options could include, okay, you can just deal with it being high. Um, you can ask for a mitigation system. Um, or, you know, you can choose to walk away if the, you know, the seller does not want to do a a mediation, um, a mitigation system and you really want it. Um, so that's something that, that you have to consider and, um, sort of think about and be and expect after, after a home inspection. So that's, that's one way. Um, and just, so now I'm going to piggyback off of you just, so with those options there, so either you can ask the seller to install a mitigation system, you can choose to live with it, or you can choose to walk away. You know, those being the primary three options, even for a general home inspection. So generally, you say anything comes up in a home inspection, your options are we go to the seller and request that mm-hmm. they be repaired or some type of concession be made. Um, the seller then... Or, or you can live with all of the items that came up and say it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, wait, whoa, this is way too much for me. I never anticipated that I was going to have to deal with all of this, and I can walk away. Yeah. So those are those kind that those same same three options kind of are the blanket of every home inspection. And then even even at that, once set buyer has said to the seller, hey, I want you to fix X, Y, and Z, or I want you to give me $3,000 towards Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, they can then say, no, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you half, or sure, I'll do it. So it's always this fluid negotiation of um, Mm -hmm. things. I mean, because I feel like I hear the term pass or fail, like it's going to pass home inspection or it's going to fail home inspection. Mm. Or I hear that phrase, I guess, from home buyers a lot. Yeah. I'm like, well, there's no such thing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a house doesn't pass or doesn't fail. It's all about the buyer and what they're willing to take on. And what your tolerance level is too. Yeah. I mean, I look at Welcome things. Back. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I was trying to get Facebook live on, but uh, I don't know how to share it with everybody now. 
So I don't know if I did it right. <laughs> so there we go. Um, we are on Boston Connect Real Estate Facebook Live. So that's all I could do for now. And you can find us there. But if you have any questions regarding this topic or anything to do with real estate uh, in general, it could be any conversation you want to have with us. Uh, we have Tim in the studio tonight and he will pipe you into us, 781-837-4900. And he will be able to... Um, get you right through to us so and you can ask us all your questions live yeah absolutely um we don't bite one of the things Sorry. that you were talking about too is you know when you go in to like what are your expectations when you go in i mean sometimes something will come up and i look at things from the perspective of a seller's agent where mm -hmm. you're looking at things from the perspective of a buyer's agent and what ends up happening for me is you may come in and say well the roof is very old and may have to be replaced in five years. I will come back and say the house is priced according to the condition that it's in, mm -hmm. right? So we just heard our five minute doorbell, so it must be five minutes of seven. Uh, when we get um, when we get back from our seven o'clock break, we will discuss where we're gonna be for open houses and everything this weekend. So stay tuned for that. Again, we're on for our, until 7.30 tonight. And our topic tonight is home inspection expectations and setting realistic expectations, um, all things home inspections. So do you agree with me? I mean, yeah. how, do you, how do you counterpart an agent like me when I say, Say that well I think for me it's more about um, so in, to an agent specifically if, if that was our conversation I'd say I completely understand but they didn't realize that you know there was so little life left mm -hmm. on the roof when we had put in our offer and they're going to have to replace it much sooner than they ever anticipated we're not asking for mm -hmm. the total replacement but we are asking for some money to be contributed back towards that yeah. so that would be my rebuttal in that scenario mm -hmm. um, I think that, that that's what work. makes us a great team is because we can rebuttal back and forth <laughs> and I'll tell you what my rebuttal is as a listing agent okay are you ready <laughs> yes. all right so for me I'm gonna say well, shame on you that they um, underestimated how much life is left on it, but like no one can ever tell how much life is exactly left on it. And my seller has indicated to me that there are no leaks currently in, in the roof. So mm -hmm. they could potentially get two years, but they could potentially get five or 10 more years, yeah. you know? So if they continue to, you know, take care of it and maintain it the way that my seller has maintained it for the last 20 years, then I'm sure you're going to get a lot of life out of it. That's very good. Bam. <laughs> what's, what's that salt, salt thing? That's what yeah, dropping right the mic. Yeah. yeah, drop the mic. Yeah, drop the mic. So, but that's how it goes back and forth. Yeah. you know, and this it's is all a matter of perspective. Oh, one hundred percent. All a matter. Sorry, I pointed at you, but it's no, all a matter okay. of perspective. And it is one of those things where having a strong buyer's agent on your team and having a strong seller's agent for you on your team is super, super important mm -hmm. because. I think, you know, a lot of times we don't even see this as much anymore, but people who try to sell their home on their own, yeah. I mean, statistically, they get less money even with or without the compensation. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so I think that they um, will not. Now I'm distracted by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think you were going even like a for sale by owner. Property. Yes. It's much hard. I think they probably don't. In my opinion, they probably don't negotiate as hard on the home inspection items mm -hmm. as a seller's agent would for them. Oh, That's yeah. just my opinion because they're like, oh, yeah, of course I would do that. Oh, of mm -hmm. course I would do that. Whereas we're kind of 
you know, on their shoulder saying, well, you don't really have to do that. Yeah. And you know, nobody expects you to do that. <laughs> you know what I've been doing a lot of is going to people's homes. Actually, I've done in the last month, three like estate type things for friends and, you know, whose, you know, parents have passed away. And then I've also done, um, you know, going to, we've been talking to some people, you know, they came to us last fall and they were like, we're not going to come back on, we're not going to come on the market until the spring. So they've been doing things all winter. And we went to somebody's house yesterday. I'm so proud of them. They did such a good job. Yeah. They really got a lot done, but he is OCD, which is great because it's the type of seller you want. Exactly. <laughs> when you're a buyer, when you're a buyer for yeah. sure. And they were little things that he's worried about, like the color of the grout and grout, like being discolored in the kitchen and having that replaced. And, you know, a couple tiles have a like hairline crack in them. And, he, you know, to sp- he wants to spend all this money to get that done. And we're like, no, like, we'll price the house according to the condition that it's in. And if somebody has that big of a problem with it, let's discuss it after the fact, mm-hmm. because uh, to me, it, it it's fine, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, they, you know, recently did a new roof. They are putting in a brand new septic system. So the mechanicals of the home are so much better. Mm -hmm. Oh, so I think we are going into our seven o'clock break. Yes, we are. We're going into our seven o'clock break, but stay with us because we're here until 730 tonight. Again, that phone number is 781-837-4900. If you have any questions for us, please call Tim at the studio. He'll get over to us and we'll be right back after this little break. Are you ready to get organized? Let's consolidate those old accounts and make sure your investment strategies are appropriate. This is Kirk Reed, a certified financial planner with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Find out more at McNamaraFinancial.com. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. And we are back. Hello again. We are back for our, I don't know, I guess... I was gonna say second Round half. Round two. I was gonna say second half, but we're on a little bit long, um, a little bit less time. So we're on until 7:30 tonight, um, and we are continuing to talk about setting realistic expectations during, like before, during, and after home inspection, mm-hmm. and just kind of all the little nuances that come along with home inspections. So um, we are here. It is Sharon yeah. McNamara, Melissa, Melissa Wallace, and Mary Baker, and we're going to entertain you for the next half hour. Yeah. Um, so if you have any questions, please call us the studio, 781-837-4900. We are trying to get Facebook Live up. So, But if you have one of our phone numbers, you can text us a question or you can text us hi. Um, but if you want to listen to any of our past shows, you can connect with us. Um, you can find us on Facebook for Boston Connect Real Estate. Same with Instagram. You can go to talkrealestateradio.com. Um, find us on the podcast app, iTunes, all that fun stuff. So. Um, but yes, we are talking about home inspections. Um, so why don't we get into, after you have a home inspection, say something comes up, who are some of the people that you could have brought back to the property within those, well, we actually, we didn't even talk about this. Timeline. Timeline. Ooh. Good Ooh. one, Mel. Ooh. So traditionally, what, what do it? you see down here on the South Shore? because it's a little different when you get a little north. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see for timeline from accepted offer to purchase and sales? And what do you see uh, for a timeline for a home inspection or your inspection contingency? So um, blanket, I would say 10 days. So 10 days for both. So 10 days to perform the home inspection, 10 days to sign purchase and sales agreement. And um, 
sometimes you can see, you know, within seven days for a home inspection and two weeks for a purchase and sales agreement, but 10 days is kind of the average, right? Um, and the idea is the sooner you have your home inspection, the sooner you can sign purchase and sales agreement because everybody's trying to keep that ball rolling. Well, we, I think, too, with just for short deadlines, you know, for yeah. closing, you sort of have to in order for the loan officer to be able to do what yeah, they need to do. Keep things moving, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but also the sooner you have the home inspection, not necessarily sooner you sign the purchase and sales, it gives you more time to be able to bring people into the mm-hmm. property if they need to come back. Um, so which brings us to the next part of our show is we're going to talk about um, some of the people that we might need to bring back to the property with in that 10 day time frame um, because something might have come up during home inspection. So what are some of the um, experts or, um, you know, uh, Sharon's got a guy. Yeah. So yeah I got, a, got guy. a guy. I got um, a guy. Some people that we would bring back into to mm-hmm. inspect something or, or to test something. There's a slew. What's mm-hmm. our slew? Yeah. We have a bunch of people. So a lot of times what we see, something might come up with the heating system. So we would bring in a plumber. Uh, sometimes something will come up with HVAC. So we'll bring in an HVAC person. Uh, right now it's really difficult because we can't, still can't test the AK, um, ACs, the air conditioners, mm-hmm. just because of the weather and where we are with the weather. So those can't be tested right now. So uh, Did they tell you when you were talking, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, did they tell you when you were talking to them like how warm it had to be to test them? No, I didn't ask because I figured it's not happening now. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> say if we get like a 60 degree day, can yeah. they like run over there? And well, I talked to um, a friend of ours. His name is Rob Norton and he has an HVAC company and he, I called him and he actually recently referred us somebody. So thank you for that. And they are happy with their purchase, right? They are. And um, I talked to him about going and testing this, you know, giving it a tune up and testing the system afterwards. But he explained to me when the weather is too cold, what ends up happening is the oil inside the condenser. Freon. Ah, something turns to oil muck and really thick and you, it will ruin it. That's all I got out of it. Something inside the AC condition. I thought he said turn. oil. I thought he said the oil Maybe in it oil. would like turn like Maybe really. We don't use Freon anymore. Yeah, well, that, that I think is different than oil. I think the Freon has something to do with making it cold. Okay. But I think that this is oil. But I haven't a clue, to be quite honest with if you. We, if we, Rob, no, no, if you're no. listening. Yeah, call Rob. In. Yeah, you can call in. Oh, McNamara Plumbing is sitting in a uh, level below us right now. Maybe he'll come and give us the answer. <laughs> Um, he's busy. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that comes up a lot is, um, Melissa put together a very nice list here for us, a structural engineer. Why don't you talk about that? We've had that in the past. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the time, and that would probably be if we were, we'll get into this, but what's reasonable, what's unreasonable. Having a structural engineer is always reasonable in my opinion, because there's nothing, there's nothing that the home inspector told you that's structural. That's not super important to the integrity of your house. Right. Mm. So we would call out an engineer to look at why a beam is sagging, why there's cracks in the walls, how a foundation is holding up. Mm-hmm. Um, if sometimes if roofs are sagging or bowing for some reason, what, cause it's all interconnected mm-hmm. and, uh, or it, somebody took a wall down and didn't have, you know, didn't hire somebody to do it. And yeah. that's sagging. We see that a lot in raised ranches for we some do. reason. Yeah. Um, and so they all kind of go hand in hand, but I would say, having a structural engineer come out and just they'll write you up if I mean there's a fee to have them come out but they'll write you up a report and give a stamp of approval to say you know I actually feel as if everything is you know pretty sound here or 
I would suggest you add X, Y, and Z support mm-hmm. um, to restabilize or do this or, hey, this whole entire thing has got to be redone. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they are probably, in my opinion, the most, in I wouldn't say in high demand, but kind of difficult to schedule. Yeah. So if you end up having any type of structural problem, I would say contact the structural engineer like immediately. Mm-hmm. Like you leave the home inspection we got to get them in there ASAP mm-hmm. um, or get on their list ASAP. So, right. yeah. And I think one of the things we'll, and once Melissa goes through this list with us, I'll have her, you know, tell all her great ideas that came up here, but then let's get to the point of what do we disclose after the fact? Oh, so if the buyers don't go forward? Yeah. So do you think with the structural engineer, if something comes up structurally and now you have an engineer report that you have to disclose that as the seller? If you have an engineer's re- engineer report telling you that something is structurally unsound in the house, I think you have to disclose it. Yeah, I would say so too. Which, yeah, I would say that if there was only something that is wrong, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe if somebody had asked, because a lot of the times people will ask, oh, why is it back on the market? Well, then you can say, oh, they went through home inspection, they had a structural engineer come in, um, but everything checked off. They just chose not to move forward or for whatever reason. But Mm -hmm. I think that definitely if there's something structurally wrong with the house, you can't hide that from people. (laughs) You will be surprised, Melissa, what people want you to do. So, Mm. Well, that's when we say you can hire somebody else. Yeah, I've done it. I've done that in the past. (laughs) You can hire somebody else. But um, I think structural engineers, a a lot of the times it it happens um, with antiques because Mm -hmm. um, people first, they fall in love with the antique and then they get a little nervous Mm -hmm. um, after a home inspection because things are older, obviously. To be an antique, it has to be 100 years old. But, you know, they might not they might get nervous so they get a structural engineer and but there's things like beams can be sistered there can be another beam put in there's mm-hmm. there's there's solutions there's solutions yeah. to these issues it's just you have to um be okay with these mm-hmm. solutions and if you're not then you have the right to not move forward um but, but not if you waive your home inspection <laughs> but not if you <laughs> waive your home inspection yeah because we did have that happen to us just saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right, go through your list with us. Um, next is a mold specialist. So a lot of the times we see um, a mold-like substance, mm-hmm. I'm saying in air quotes, um, <laughs> come up during home inspection. A lot of times it might be in the attic um, that could be caused by ventilation issues and stuff. So you might want to have a, a mold specialist come out um, to really uh, be give you a definitive answer mm-hmm. about these things. Um a home inspector can say that it's a mold-like substance, but they're not going to tell you that's definitely black mold. Yeah, at least they shouldn't. Um, you know, yeah. I think that you know the home inspectors that we work with, they really try to stay in their lane and and sort of recommend give, the specialist. When recommend, they need it, right? yeah, recommend the people who um, do this for a living. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, having a mold specialist come in and they might be able to give a solution where you know this you know, this needs to be ventilated differently or this is, you know, coming from this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can give, you know, the sellers solution. a solution as to what, because, you know, something like that should be taken care of before closing. Yeah. And that's definitely a disclosable item. So when I'm walking through somebody's house with them, when they're getting ready to put their house on the market, I will take a peek in the attic. And this has happened to us several times yeah. where 
I'm certainly not an inspector and I'm certainly not a mold specialist, but I've been doing this long enough that I'm familiar with what they're looking at and what they're looking for. So I'll, I will go up into the attic and if I see that black on the, you know, on the rafters and everything, then I will suggest that they have a home inspector come out because only one of two things is going to happen. One is it's going to be mold and it's going to come up at home inspection anyways. If you don't have it checked, and it's up there, the home inspector is going to say this is a mold-like substance and it's going to have to be checked mm -hmm. anyways. So there you go. It's before, do you do it before you go on the market or after? 100% before. Be it's going Sorry. to happen, you know. It, what, that's going to happen, period, amen. The inspector is going to see, even if they see a little bit, they're going to say, that looks like a mold. And then, you know, have it remediated. And there's nothing wrong with having mold remediated because one, it's not as expensive, I think, as people think. And it's not a process that people anticipate like asbestos, like, yeah, my whole know. entire house is going to have to get blocked off and yeah. taped and, yeah. and the scene from ET where they come in with hazmat suits. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not like that. I think they do wear the hazmat suits up there because they're spraying bleach and they're doing the cleanup like that. And then they'll generally give like a five or a 10 year mm -hmm. warranty with it. So I think what's most important after the fact, though, is, as we were saying earlier with whatever we were talking ventilation. about, ventilation, no, we weren't talking about ventilation earlier, but we were talking about something. It's one, oh, the electrical panel. Yeah. It's one thing saying, okay, we have mold, but more importantly, where the heck did it come from? Yeah. Right. So you were talking earlier, um, you know, did it come from the vent, you know, in the, you know, the steam vent, whatever, from the bathroom? from when you take a shower that's just blow that happens a lot that's why i said in in older houses it seems maybe it was a common thing to do yeah um before they realized it was causing a problem yeah probably because they didn't even have them in the bathroom at one point and then yeah. it became a thing and then they just installed them and then they just let it go up into the attic but that's all moisture so then it would just sort of hang around and it's all in the insulation and everything else so it's one thing is finding the mold remediating the mold but curing the problem that caused the mold is mm -hmm. the most important so um, if you can say that you did all three of those to a buyer I'd be like yippee yeah Yay. I know I think it's great so mm. Mm. Yes. and I do talk to our buyers like that yippee yay <laughs> <laughs> um next so a chimney company so you mm. have had somebody come out to actually both yeah. yeah, both your houses. Um, you want to tell them who? Uh, yeah. Springetti. So Steve Springetti. Yeah. Um, I he's, love saying his name. I know he's such a great guy. I love his mannerisms. He's so mild. Don't you think we're surrounded by those types of guys? I think we need it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know need, how they deal with we us. We need but. every man in our lives to be very mild, man. <laughs> they really are. Think about the crew of people that we use, like Shane McGlone, just like very easygoing. Yeah. You know, Al Wood, very easygoing. You know. Uh, just sure, all of them, yeah. right? Sure, sure. So, um, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, <laughs> chimneys. Uh, chimneys, chimneys. Steve Springetti. So, oddly, everybody knows that I am, you know, originally from Dorchester, and then my parents moved to West Bridgewater when I was a junior in high school. So, I did two years of high school there. Um, and the Springettis lived right up the street from us on West Street in West Bridgewater. And when my parents were building their home, Steve Springetti's dad did the chimney for my parents' house. Oh. Yeah. So my dad actually hangs out at the Elks or one of those places and dances on Friday nights. And Steve Springetti and his mom, his mom and dad go there and they were talking and 
something happened with my chimney. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Like you should definitely circle your house a couple times a year because I never went to the left side of my house and I was having the house painted and I went over to talk to another mild-mannered guy, Kevin Senna from Senna Painting. And I went over to say something to him before I left to go to work. And I, I was like, there's a huge crack in my chimney. Like, I'm never over here. I never go on the left side of my house. And it was, like, not through the mortar. It was, like, through the bricks. I mean, that's it was a big problem. (laughs) So I said, and it's it's hard to find somebody. It is, it is. Isn't a mason is one of the most difficult? Yeah, I would say. It's hard to get somebody to come out and look at the chimney, too, um, after a home inspection. Because there's so many different, I feel like there's so many different things that can be that can cause the problems, mm-hmm. um, and it's not that's that's one that is not relatively inexpensive. No, it's, it's not. It's an expense to have mm-hmm. a chimney fix, no matter which way you slice mm-hmm. it. And a lot of the things that we see with the chimney is that the chimney pulls away from the house, mm-hmm. so that's sort of a big deal because to get it reattached, it isn't like you can just push up against <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like you, it's a it's a process. <laughs> so, but I had him at my house. I had mm-hmm. him here at the office. I had him do something here because we had. Um, lanterns in our fireplace because we're not going to light a real fire and then they were filling up with water every rainstorm (laughs) so he put a cap on that or something and you had him at your house so he's great he did two caps on mine and fixed Mm. fixed a couple things actually and this is why we're talking about all these expectations you know of the buyer I would say as a buyer, my expectation would definitely be that the seller repairs that. My expectation would definitely be that they fix the mold. My expectation would be, what was the first one? Structural engineer. Structural engineer, that they do those. I mean, those are big ticket items, Mm -hmm. potentially, you know, that they should be repairing. And if they don't, well, guess what? You're going to have to do it for somebody else, so you might as well do it for me. In... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, in my head, when I think of those items and maybe even a couple others like the the radon um, on here, I think of that for buyers as taking on somebody else's problem. Um, You expect, so we talk about this, you expect that the chimney is going to be okay in the house that you're going into. You expect that the roof isn't going to be Mm -hmm. leaking. You expect that the septic system is going to be working or... Um, you know, the town sewer is connected appropriately. There's certain expectations when you buy a house that maybe it's not the most updated thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes electrical is a big common one that, you know, isn't necessarily up to today's code, but that's also because today's code is constantly changing. So tomorrow's code will be different than today's. Um, so those items, I just feel as if it's mm-hmm. necessary. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just reiterating what you just said, basically, mm-hmm. Thank you. in a different way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we're skipping over. So pool company. So in the in the winter time, it's hard, obviously, to inspect a pool mm-hmm. if it's completely covered, if it's closed, and hopefully it is because it's the winter time, um, mm. and covered in snow. So what do you guys suggest? to your buyers when they're purchasing a home in the wintertime and the home has a pool? Me? Okay. Um, There's contingencies that you can put within both the offer and the purchase and sales agreement that basically say, you know, we're going to either, for the offer, I would say that we're going to research all of the records on the pool. When, When was everything replaced? When was everything done? When was, how old is all of the equipment in and of itself? Um, talk to the company that's been servicing it. Um, and then if that doesn't suffice, 
you can certainly ask that it be open, depending on what time of year it is, it be open prior to closing or that something be held back in escrow. Like if you're really, really concerned about it, something be held back in escrow until you get to open the pool. Um, but I would say there's just a lot of heavy due diligence on the buyer's part very mm-hmm. early on, um, finding out information about it. And the home inspector isn't going to check anything anyway. So yeah. if they're, if you are purchasing a home with a pool, then that's usually you have a pool company that will come in. We always recommend Sunshine Pool. Again, another calm, very easygoing gentleman and family. We got Jim Stone and Heather Stone. They're awesome over at Sunshine Pool. Um, You know, you have them come in and, you know, do an inspection or something like that, or just find who's been maintaining the pool. Uh, But the home inspector definitely won't. Um, One thing from a seller perspective is I always say, you know, before you close up your pool, let's take some good pictures and video Mm -hmm. of the pool running and in good working order. At least, yeah, the liner and everything. It's all date stamped and everything. So we'll do that as well. Yeah. Um, Roof. That's a big ticket item, I feel like. Um, If something comes up during your home inspection where, you know, the home inspector might say, oh, this roof is probably at the end of its life or it, you know, um, and you might you might already know that that um, going into putting in an offer, um, but if you don't, that's something that could come up. Or if there's a leak or something, you could have um, you know a roofer come out and sort of give you a quote, whether it is the, it's a repair or a complete replace. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that they can um, you know a roofer is going to be able to tell you, um, not necessarily a home inspector. They're mm-hmm. not going to give you a quote on what. Um, what needs to be done. So with Mm -hmm. that quote, you can either go to the seller and say, hey, you know, we didn't know that the condition was this bad. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we want, you know, $5,000, $10,000 off, you know, the Mm -hmm. sale price for this. Or, you know, you you can negotiate that or the seller can just say, "Mm, we we priced our home to the condition that it's in. So you can take it at the price that it's at. (laughs) Um, So that's something that comes up. And it's hard to get the roofers out there too, because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's a lot of times it is hard getting that. But if you know that your roof is really at its end from a seller perspective, I always say, let's get some estimates on these things beforehand. Mm-hmm. So then we can sort of just calculate because the buyer sees what's wrong, not what's right. So when I walk through someone's home, that's how I walk through as the eyes of a buyer. But I also, a buyer also overestimates how much something is going to cost. Mm-hmm. So somebody might look at a cape and say, oh, that's going to cost me $15,000 to replace the roof and we can get a quote for Mm $7,500, you know, so I think it's really important to have those and you're not buying a brand new house. So don't expect a brand new roof, right? We're talking expectations. So we have to speed up a little bit because we don't have much time left here. Yeah. Um, pest. So if there's termite damage or, you know, ant damage, there's mice or anything. Um, a lot of the times you, you can find like droppings and stuff during maybe not active mice, but maybe droppings during, a um, during inspection, you can have a pest inspector come back in there um, and do that. Um, radon, if you're doing a radon inspection yeah. or um, a radon test during your inspection and it comes back um, high, you know, a remediation company can come and um, install. And that's something that you negotiate um, you know, after the fact, you, you know, do after you, you know the test results, a, after you know the test results, if they're high, um, again, we, we talked about this a little bit, um, before about what your options are, if your radon comes high, um, same with lead, um, if, if they, if 
for some reason you want to do a lead inspection um, and it comes back with lead, there are options with that. If you do um, choose to not move forward, it is a disclosable item. So yeah. uh, the the seller, um, the seller's agent should be disclosing that there is lead paint in in the property. Um, and that goes in, on the state's record too. So you can look up, um, I forget the, the website. Leadsafehomes. Leadsafehomes.com and you can look up addresses um, to see if there's lead paint there. Um, the one and only plumber that we use, mm-hmm. uh, Mark McNamara, um, you know, you can have a plumber come out if you're Nick Flynn and you flushed a toilet and it didn't flush, <laughs> um, you might want to get a, a plumber out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with electrician, you know, part of your home inspection is they put that little doodad in the wall and in the, each plug and make sure that each plug is working or, you know, the, um, the, the microwave and all that stuff is working. So if something's not, um, obviously you would want, um, an, an electrician to come out to see what, what's going on in there. If something needs to be replaced or one that I want to bring up is oil tanks and oh, yeah. this is a couple of different things with an oil tank you really want to be careful is you know one of the questions sometimes it will come up in home inspection where you know the home inspector will see a pipe like leading out and say you know it seems to me at one time there was a buried oil tank so you have to find out that information make sure if there was make sure permits were pulled to get that removed but the other thing is is I know that there are companies out there that will test the oil tank and what what they do is they put a monitor on the bottom of the belly of the tank and apparently oil tanks rot from the inside out mm-hmm. so by the time it gets to the you know it's leaking already so I actually just heard a story recently that one of our past clients that this happened to them soon after they moved in and I would have never known like you know what I mean so that isn't part of a general home inspection but I think that that would be a very good idea if you are purchasing a home with an oil tank that seems to be a little bit older to definitely have that tested I know Elvin Hollis does it I don't mm-hmm. know about other companies uh, but it's they can monitor how much metal is still left in the in the tank so you would know if you're going to have a problem because that could be a big 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 problem so i know we only have a few minutes left and one of the things too that i wanted to bring up is code issues so don't get confused when you're at your home inspection if somebody an electrician i mean your home inspector first of all they can't give you prices on anything that has to be completed so and if they do they're probably not licensed um they also they may bring up something like this is two prong, which is not of code right now. Well, when the home was built, it was of code. So you don't have to go ahead and repair all those things. So there is a big difference. However, if you go into a house that did not have any permits pulled, then that come becomes another whole issue, yeah. right? So that's another, another story for another day. I'm another topic for a show. And then when we're negotiating, did you guys already talk about how to negotiate the different ways of negotiating after the fact with the seller? Um, nope. That was next on our oh, list. Oh, wow. Perfect. But, but why don't you get into it? So when you're, when you finally come up with all of, you know, what are the things that you cannot go forward with? You, I just can't go forward with this house knowing that I have these, you know, a these, leaky oil tank, a leaky oil tank or whatever it is on your list. And we actually, I reached out to the agents today in our office at Boston Connect Real Estate. Again, the show is sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate. You're listening to Talk Real Estate. And two of them actually responded, Larry Hunt, uh, Meredith Hunt, and 
uh, Trish Flynn. So the Flynn team, they responded to, and they're basically giving the same answers that we're giving right now too. So uh, it is common when you see the same things over and over again. But one, you can negotiate the seller to do the repairs. As a seller's agent, I generally don't like my sellers to do those repairs in some instances. Like we had one over on one of our listings recently, hot water wasn't going to a shower. I know a plumber. So I sent Mark McNamara, McNamara Plumbing over to this house and he was able to fix it. You can negotiate a seller concession. So money back at closing. Banks don't like that on purchase and sales agreements. So be very leery of that. Just call it closing costs. So you can use your closing cost money towards those repairs. You might want to barter. Hey, instead of me doing this, I'll give you the refrigerator, the washer, the dryer, and the pool table and the hot tub. And the other thing that you could do is maybe just say, hey, um, I'll give you a home warranty and that will uh, keep you satisfied. You are listening to Talk Real Estate. You can find us on bostonconnect.com. Have a great night, everybody.